You're listening to the best breakfast show. We've got award-winning CFP professional. Uh, we've got the money man on the show. We've got Gerald Mandambira. Good morning, Gerald. Welcome to the show. Morning, Morani. Morning, Nala. Everybody. Yo, um, Gerald, are there any positive family involvements or parents' involvements in finances that are positive? There are plenty of positive potential outcomes when family is involved, but it involves the family which has planned their finances in advance. How can it be positive, Bongani? Well, if your parents have planned a legacy um, for you to inherit assets and for you to actually, you know, walk into wealth, money becomes a very nice conversation because your parents have sorted you out and they've thought about you. Problem with us um, first-generation wealth is that there is no wealth to talk about and it becomes a burden which continues through in your entire life and it's almost uh, emotional blackmail when you can't really say no especially to the parents parents and in-laws are probably the most difficult to say no to because they've got that hold on you that they need you i think the most difficult conversation i think for both people is how much dependency um we are going to allow from our extended family, okay? And how to strike the balance between the money that I give to Unala, being my wife's family, and my family. How, how do you start the conversation, and is it possible to strike the balance between uh, the two individuals in the marriage on whose, whose family gets more money? Because our needs are not the same. Look, you can strike that balance. I think the conversation needs to be had with your financial planning professional before you get married. But if you're already married, it's still not too late. Have that conversation now. And you're right, Bongani. My family's needs are not always the same as my spouse's because we come from different backgrounds. She might have a longer extended chain than me. So you can't simply say a thousand rand, take it or leave it, you know. Um, it's, it's a delicate conversation, but it needs to be had. But one of the biggest mistakes most of us do make is that we involve our families in our finances without even knowing. And we invite them in by telling them how much we earn, by telling them how much our car was, by telling them how much the house we bought was. And by telling them those numbers, they did not ask you. So you invited them into your finances. So when they now come and say, Bongani, uh, we need money here, it's very difficult for you to say, I don't have, because you involve them. So one thing is confidentiality. Your, your personal finances are not the domain of your in-laws and your parents and your extended family. Yeah. Um, don't make it their business. Otherwise, they'll become your business. But where do you draw the line? Because, okay, so here I am. My It's December now. And uh, we need to extend at my house and we need to uh, go and, uh, you know, get somebody married at your house. We were going to stretch ourselves too far, Gerald. Where do we draw the line? Well, normally when I sit down with clients, I say, let's come up with a percentage of the income of your household. And that's the absolute money we can give away. So if we come up with that percentage and it's 3000 a month, we then only have 3000 to decide on which goes where. So that's the starting point. Um, decide with your spouse what the absolute limit is for your house. Set that limit and stick to it. Um, then you can actually start working with what there is. Problem is when you overextend yourself, it's, it's a problem because it starts eating into the debt of your house 
and affecting your children's future and livelihood. Your family cannot prevent you from succeeding. And yes, that's why they end up calling it black tax and children of today tell you, I didn't ask to be born. And you get all those kinds of statements. It's because money is not openly discussed in family environments. But the starting point is confidentiality. Second one is agree with your spouse on what your limitation is. The third one is when you set that limit, let it be known. Mm. And if they know that's all they'll ever get, they'll They'll try you two, three months. After three months, they know they only get 2000 out of you. They'll only ask for that. Let's talk about that communicating in the relationship. So uh, uh, when I get a lump sum of money, Gerald, do I take it to my partner and I say, okay, I've got this money. How do we work around this? Definitely. You sit down with your partner and you say, this is what we have, honey. This is the lump sum. How can we work to bless others and how can we work for our own environment? The moment you do not tell your spouse about money which came into your account, it's financial infidelity. It might as well have come from a lover or have come through the National Lotteries Commission because it's now a criminal offense, financial <laughs> infidelity. So if you want to talk money with your spouse, everything must be on the table. You must know how much each other earns, how much each other owes, who you owe, so that it's not a surprise and things don't pop up. Now and again. How much each other Guys, spends. So Gerald's got tips for you on where you can on how you can set boundaries. And if you want to find all of those things and all those tips, you can find him on social media. Ask Gerald CFP. He's also got a website which is askgerald.co.za. He also has a YouTube channel, What They Don't Want You to Know About Money. Gerald, we'll speak to you again. Thank you. Awesome. Great week to William Gang. Thank you. Cheers, bye. Hashtag the takeoff at Radio 2000 ZA on all social media platforms. Be part of an award-winning team.